All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the message this morning. We're starting our Christmas series this morning. I'm excited to do that with you. The, the title of our series that we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is entitled The Season of the Light. The season of the light. I don't know if you've heard of this. I'm sure you have, but a lot of times people call Christmas the seasons of lights because of all the lights and all the things that, that we do and we celebrate. But this series isn't about necessarily that. It's about the light. It's about the light that we have that Christ came to give us and that we can experience and share in our lives during the season, but not just during the season, but all year round. And so this morning, starting out, we're going to look at this idea of the season of the light. Let's pray. Father, we do love you and we do thank you for this time. And God, as we look at these things together, God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you desire to do in us, that you would just through your Holy Spirit, really just illuminate things that you need us to, to look at so that we can become more like you, so that we can grow more and more in our faith. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I know I talked about this a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, but um, I know that there has been some talk, and it was really heavy, I think, earlier this year, and then it really just kind of petered out, and I haven't heard anything about it recently at all, but the idea of daylight savings time. And, and, and I know that like if I bring up daylight savings time, there's some people that really, really love it. There's some people that really, really hate it. I don't really know where people are. I just know that it's a kind of a, a weird, divisive thing that people like to talk about, you know, whether or not it's good or bad. I know my wife doesn't like it for certain reasons, and probably she likes it for other reasons. I don't really care except about this time of year. Some people have asked me, do you like daylight savings? And I say, yes, I love it in December, but I'm not such a big fan of it the rest of the year. And they say, why? I say, it's simple, because it gets dark sooner, which means the Christmas lights get turned on quicker. I like that. Now, here's what I found, too. Come January, depending on who you are and depending how quickly or slowly you remove your Christmas decorations, um, it gets real dark. I don't like it so much in January. I know I don't like it in February. By February, I'm ready for things to kind of get flipped back. But in December, I love it. I love it because my lights on my house turn on quicker. The lights that I have on my Christmas tree shine brighter when it's darker outside. The lights that we have on the banisters and all the lights that, that shine at Christmas time at my house shine a little bit brighter when it's darker out. You see, I've found this to be the case both in our physical world but also in our spiritual world. There is a battle that is taking place between darkness and light. There is something that is going on. When you turn the lights on, the darkness flees. But when there is no light, the darkness rules. We see it over and over again in so many instances of our lives. And it's so easy to look at our world today and, and see the darkness and, 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 and kind of shout at the darkness and be upset at the darkness. Or how could people be so dark? Or how could our world be so dark? You see, one thing that I've learned about darkness is darkness always loses to the light. But when there is no light, the darkness rules. When there is no light that penetrates the darkness of our world, we have an issue. And see, here's the thing. This time of year and this season, we call it the season of light. Because once again, everywhere you turn, there's Christmas lights on trees and houses and all over our country and all over our cities and all over our homes. But yet there's so many of us who are still living in spiritual darkness. That's why this season cannot just be the season 
of light, it must be the season of the light. We must be people that understand that. That yes, enjoy the music and the food and the families and all the traditions and all those things are great. But as light bearers of Jesus, as people that we'll look at in a minute who have been called to be children of light, we have to understand that this season is not just about those things, but instead it's about being a light bearer for the light that we experience. But this has started all the way from the beginning. Look with me in Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, 1 through verse 4, this is what we find. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Let's stop there for a second. This idea that we have here in Scripture, when you go back and you look at the original Hebrew and understand that idea of void and that understanding of darkness and form and empty, all those sort of ideas give this idea of chaos. It gives this idea of, of water churning and moving. It's not still waters, folks. It's chaos that's taking place in a very dark place. Sound familiar? But look what happens starting in verse number 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. So from the very beginning, there's been darkness and there's been light. And I will remind you of this. We typically think of light as the light source that we have as the sun. We think about light as far as the moon, as far as the sun reflecting off the moon to give us some light during the evening. But let's remember something. This is day one of creation. The moon and the sun have not yet been created, but yet God creates life. light. There is a supernatural understanding when it comes to darkness and it comes to light. There's something spiritual about them that is taking place here. And so this battle has begun at that point, and the raging battle begins to happen all throughout our world, all throughout civilization, and all through our communities. And we always tend to look at those things, and we say, oh boy, the world's this, or the world's that, or, or my neighbor's this, or my neighbor's that. But we have to understand something. The battle uh, between light and darkness is not just about what is going on around us, it is going on inside of us. It's a battle. It's a battle that began in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve disobey God and darkness begins its march against the light. It's in us. You see, it's one thing to look at the world and see all the things or look at our spouse or look at our kids or look at others and say, oh my goodness, look at the darkness. It's another thing when we stop and we look at our own hearts and realize that, you know what, there's still some dark places in me that I need the light of Christ to come in and change me, make me more like Him. Remember, God came, He saved us, He did that work, but we're still in the process of regeneration. We're still in that process where God is fixing us and making us more and more like Jesus. But there's a light that is in us 
that is also fighting the darkness that is in us. Paul talks a lot about this. He talks about the idea of the spirit man and the flesh and how they're battling one amongst each other. But then Starting in John's gospel, we start to see something really begin to take place. You see, God understands there's a battle in our hearts, but then Jesus comes. Look at John 1. John 1, he really kind of mirrors what we see in Genesis 1. He says in John 1, starting with verse number 1 and then going to verse number 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. He was with God in the beginning. Just so you know, the idea of the word is capitalized. This is Jesus. Anywhere you see in these passages that idea of the word, you can put Jesus's name. So now verse number three, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. I love this. But the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah, there's darkness. But you see, there's a light. There's a light that shines in the darkness. And even though at times that darkness tries to overcome it, it still cannot overcome the light. John continues on in verse number 9 and 10. He says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Isn't that interesting? That John, as he begins his gospel, kind of harkens back to that idea all the way back in Genesis 1. But in this section, he says, you know what? It's, it's strange because the light came to do all these things. But at the same time, even though all those things had happened and that he came into the world, even though he made the world, all those things, the world did not receive him. They didn't accept him. They didn't allow him to come and bring the light that he is the one that can bring. And here's the thing. We all have a desire. We'll talk about this a little bit more later. We all have a desire for light. We all have a desire to not be in darkness. The problem is, is that we all think that we can find other types of light to fix the problems that we have in our hearts and in our lives. And see, when people come and they look at Jesus, they say, you know what, that's great, that's fine, but you know, I think I can find a different light. I think I can experience a different light that can bring light to the dark place. We think that there's a different light that can overcome the darkness. But Scripture is very clear, and we need to understand this very clearly, that Jesus is the only light that can fix our problem with darkness. Only one. It's the only one. We may try other things. We may try to fix it with other lights. But the bottom line is, Jesus is the only light that can fix our deep problem with darkness. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I've talked to many, many people in many different walks of life, many different ages, really from all over the world. And it's amazing how it all usually goes back to the same thing, even though it's not necessarily communicated in exactly the same way. They've realized there's a problem with darkness. 
They've realized they need some type of light in their life, but they don't necessarily know what that light is, or they haven't yet experienced it in the way that they need to have their life changed. But they need it. They desire it. They have that, that, that hope for it. Because here's the thing. Let me, I'll show you. I'll prove it to you. You ready? You go up to anybody. Let's say after church you go out and have, uh, well, we're all going to Jason's Deli. So do this at Jason's Deli if you want to. It may be weird, but just, you know. And, and tell me how they respond, because I know how they respond. Go up to anybody and ask them this question. Would you like more love in your life? Uh-huh. Oh, would you like more joy in your life? Sure. Would you like more peace in your life? Yeah. I have never met anybody that wasn't, you know, having serious, it was serious, that said, you know, nah, I'm good. I don't need any more joy. I'm kind of just happy being miserable. You know, my world is stressful. It's chaotic. I'm, I'm, I'm running a million miles a minute. You know, peace, nah, I'm good. We all want it. We all desire it. We all crave it in a lot of ways. We want that light to shine in our lives. But the problem is, we don't always know where to look for it. And we all don't always know where to find it. It's interesting that in a scripture that so many people know, and we're going to look at it in just a minute, it gives us an understanding of that light. You see, in John 3, and we're going to get to John 3.16 in just a second, you know, if you walk, that's another question. You walk up to anybody and say, do you know what John 3.16 is? They may not be able to say it perfectly, but they get the idea probably pretty well. But John 3.16 has a context to it that we need to understand. You see, in John 3, we see a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a very interesting character in Scripture because Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's in a very strict religious Jewish sect that really is quite amazing if you really stop to think about their head knowledge of Scripture. We believe that probably that Nicodemus was not just sort of knew the Bible, that he probably had the Torah, which is the five, five, first five books of the Bible, memorized as, as well as probably Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and probably some of the minor prophets. Memorized. This is the guy. The, the scripture says that Jesus says later he's the teacher of Israel. He's a guy that teaches everybody. He's the guy that's supposed to have all the answers. But look where the story picks up with him. Look where we're introduced to this man who supposedly knows it all. John 3. John 3, starting with verse number 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus when? At night. At night. And said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Verse number four, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asks. Now, I want you to stop for just a second. This is the guy that's supposed to have all the answers. 
This is the guy that everybody goes to and says, help us understand this about the law. Help us understand this about the prophets. And yet he goes to Jesus at night. Why? Because even though he's got the Torah memorized, even though he's experienced all these things and follows all the rules so well, there's still darkness in his heart. You see, so many of us think that that light can be, well, if I just do this, or if I just do that, if I serve enough, if I give enough, if, if I do this enough, then the light problem will be, or the darkness problem will be taken care of in my life. Trust me here. When it comes to doing and learning and understanding, you, me, all of us probably put together does not hand, hold a candle to Nicodemus. And yet at night, he comes seeking answers. From the light. He comes and says, How can I fix this problem in my heart that I have with darkness? Jesus speaks a few more things, but then in John 3, starting with verse number 16, he answers that question even more clearly. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands. Oop, keep going there. Is it there? Okay. I got to turn the page. Because I don't have this memorized. I'm not like Nicodemus. John 3. But stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is important. There it is. Verse number 19. This is the verdict. I love that. I, I love that. As somebody that likes law and likes lawyers, and that's weird things to say, and maybe was going to be one one day. I, I like this. I like the verdict. I like, here it is. This is, this is the judgment. This is the situation. This is what's happening. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. The light's come. The light's come, but because of how we want to live our lives, we would rather live in darkness. You see, remember I talked about that idea that people want the love, they want the peace, they want the joy. They want all those things, all those things that we desire in life. You see, here's the thing you need to understand. We all basically want the same things, but we don't want it in the same way. Let me tell you how that works out. You see, a lot of us want that idea of what the Garden of Eden was, but not everybody wants the creator of the garden. We all want this fruit of the Spirit to be active in our lives, but not all of us are willing to accept the Spirit who brings those things into our lives. You see, the darkness problem here is a deep one because it doesn't just affect us in certain ways. It affects us in every way of our life because we do have a desire for the darkness and we want the light. The problem is, is we do everything we can to find the light that isn't the light of Christ. So, 
Let's look at some things we can do together. Let's look at some things. What can we do to light up Christmas with the light of Christ? What things can we do? What's some application that we can apply to our lives during this season and throughout, our season, throughout the year to help us do that, to bring light to those dark places? Number one, we need to run to the light. We need to run to the light. Now, here's the thing I want to talk about as far as this goes, because obviously, if you are a believer in Jesus, you go, oh, I've already run to the light. I've already done that. You know, oh, this must be for people that don't know Jesus. Not necessarily. Obviously, yes, it is. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you can run to him. He will love you and accept you. He will forgive you, and he will make you a new creation. But at the same time, do not fool yourself into thinking, well, because I did that five years ago or 30 years ago, that you are still running towards the light. Because a lot of times we tend to stop moving. We just finished a series on maturing and movement to help us understand that. But here's something else we need to understand. Look what Jesus, uh, what John writes about Jesus in John 1.9. We read it before, but let's read it again. It says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. If you have a Bible and you like to array, uh, underline things or highlight things on your phone, do me a favor. Highlight or underline true light. Because that's very important. I remember maybe a couple years ago. It's, it's been a while now. I don't remember exactly when it was. But I do remember when it happened. And I remember being somewhat amazed. But uh, we was at the mall. Walking around. It was around Christmas time. You know. I like to be at the mall at Christmas time. Because it's like now it's like old fashioned. To be at the mall at Christmas time. And they have all the decorations up. And we were walking by like, like Pottery Barn. Or, or one of those types, a crane and barrel, one of those types of places. I don't know, one of those you know, fancy schmancy home stores. And, and, and I walked past the, the display window, and I, I, I literally paused and stopped and, and just stared at this display window. Because you know what was in the display window? Candles. Like, candles. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, surely there is someone, like a fire chief or fireman or somewhere that's going, this is going to burn down the mall. And like, how can they, how can they have candles burning in, in, in a store like that? You know, this is, this is dangerous. I can't believe it. And so I'm just staring at these candles going, what are they doing? And so I get a little bit closer. I get a little bit closer. I get a little closer. And then I realize something. They're fake candles. Have you seen these things? They have a little wick that just... A little light on it that looks... And I'm serious. I mean, and they've gotten better. This was when they first came out. Like, I thought those were the coolest things. I've, you can ask my wife. I was like, those are so cool. We walked in. I found out how much they cost. They weren't nearly as cool anymore. But I was like, man, that's amazing. And I've seen them, like, you know, all over now. You know, they're, like, placed in places, like, you know, that you can't normally have open flames, you know. But here's the deal. They're still not real. But, man, they look real. They just, they look so real. And here's what I found, okay? Because one thing I know about the enemy, the enemy wants to keep you from the light, and one of the ways the enemy does that is he produces, especially in the lives of Christians, artificial lights, fake lights. 
And we tend to like to go to those lights thinking that they're real, thinking that they can fix the issues that we have in our lives, but they're still fake. Listen, if Pottery Barn or Crate and Barrel or whoever can make a candle that looks real, how much more do you think the enemy can make a light look real? And we tend to go to those artificial lights. We tend to go to those fake lights. And here's what I found in my own life, because I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else. I go to the fake light trying to allow the light to illuminate my darkness. And when I realize that it doesn't have the power to do what only Jesus can do, I go even, even to a darker place. Even to a darker place. And so many of us, we try to find so many things. Well, if I just had this, or I just had that, or if I just had this situation take place, or if, if, this, if this person in my life was perfect, and we had this relationship that would work, whatever it might be, all those things can be fine in their place, but they're fake artificial lights. We need to run to the true light, not to an artificial light because it's simple. Artificial lights only offer artificial fixes for real problems. And it breaks my heart when I or others or people I love run to artificial lights because I know the damage that they can do. Remember, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And one way he does that is to get you and me to focus on artificial things instead of the true light of the season. So we focus in on the gifts. We focus in on the music or the food or the traditions or all the things that make this season special. And those are great in their place. But they're artificial, folks. They're artificial. They're not the real, true light. Look what Jesus says in John 12, the 35, the first part of 36. It says, Jesus replied, my light will shine with for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become Children of light. I'll be honest with you. Our world, when you look at it, and, and not just our world, but people in it, are angry. They're frustrated. There's chaos. You know why? You ever, you ever gone into a dark room? I mean, like, dark, dark room. Like, hand in front of your face, cannot see. Because I have. I've been in this room at times when it's been pretty dark. And you know what I've done as I've been groping around in the darkness? I have located the chairs. And I have not located them in an effective way. I have located them typically with about this section of my leg. And just so you know, just in case you had any questions about who I am as a person... Okay, I did not go conk and go, oh, I'm so glad, Jesus, that I just hit my shin. There's a little bit of anger. There's a little bit of frustration. There's a little bit, there's pain involved. Sometimes I believe that our world is so angry and so chaotic and all these things because they are walking in darkness. And when you walk in darkness, you're going to run into stuff and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. 
And it's going to get even more frustrating when you think, I found this light that will illuminate the way I'm walking. And you find out it's not going to illuminate. And even with those fake lights, you begin to run into things over and over and over again. We need to be a people that understand that. We need to be a people that understand that we need to run to Jesus. Because artificial lights are never going to satisfy. They're never going to satisfy. And, and, and listen, folks. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to try real hard here to... to communicate something to you, okay? In, in an appropriate way. We all have issues. We all deal with hard things in life. We do. And our world has tried to tell us as believers how to handle those difficult seasons of our lives. Okay? The world has said, well, if you do this, or if you take off this amount of time, or if you breathe, or you, I mean, good Lord, I, some of you have watches that tell you when to stand up and breathe like you've forgotten, to help you relax. Should you stand up and breathe? Sure, yes, yes, breathing is important. Good, do it. But our world has tried to tell us so many ways that light can penetrate our darkness. And I am here to tell you and to proclaim to you from the authority of Scripture that there is only one way there is only one truth, and there is only one life. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And you can try all the prescriptions that the world gives us, but the bottom line is this. We need Jesus. The question that we have to ask ourselves are where are you going for your light source? Where are you going for your light source? Number two, not only do we need to run to the light, we need to run the light to the darkness. We need to run the light to the darkness. You see, here's, here's typically what we have become very, very good at as the church, capital C. Oh my goodness, look, look, darkness. Karen, darkness. Joshua, darkness. We're, we're great identifiers, aren't we? You know, that's not what Christ has called us to do. Yeah, I think we, we should identify it. But when we identify it, we don't identify it just to identify it. We identify it to bring light to the dark place. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. Isn't it interesting here that we see Jesus as the light in John, but now Jesus is speaking and he's like, hey, when you accept me, when you come, you now are going to be that light. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand 
where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Listen, this time of year, throughout the year, it's not just about identifying the darkness. It's about being a light in a dark place that God has called us to be. He says, listen, you are that light. Go and be the light. And here's what I found. We talked about it earlier. When light and darkness comes together, the light always wins because the light is greater than the darkness because the light is the light of Jesus and he will overcome it. Remember what we read back in John 1 that the darkness tried, but the darkness was overcome. I, I, I think of, of what must have been happening in the spiritual realm when Jesus was crucified. It's interesting to me that in that story, as Jesus is getting, as he, as he gives up his spirit, as he says, it is finished, you know what physically happens? It gets dark. I've always, I'm like, like, what must have that been like to be there in that moment? And I guarantee you in that time and in that moment, there, the darkness that fell, was, a, was the, enemy, the enemy must have been sitting there going, yeah, I won, I got him, I took care of him. He's dead, he's gone, he's done forever. I won. And it became a very dark place. And I understand that I'm talking about Easter right now. And I know this is a Christmas series. But we have to understand that three days later. And you know what I love about the story of the resurrection? There's lots of good things. But you know what comes out of that tomb? Light. There was darkness. And then there was light. And Jesus didn't allow the darkness to rule and reign. He had a situation where he brought light to a dark place. And because he did it, he is calling us to do the same. You see, if you have the light of Jesus, then you have a responsibility to take the light to people that don't have it. A responsibility. Now listen, hear, hear me here. Hear, hear me here. You know what I've learned about light? Light can come in many, many different forms and in many, many different ways. But light is still light. Light still penetrates the darkness. And we have to understand that God has called each of us in our own, in our own giftings, in our own ways, to be a light to the world. One of the things that I, I enjoy doing this time of year and actually kind of even starts a little bit earlier than Christmas time is, again, I go to the mall, and, and usually this is with Easton. Easton and I will go to the mall, and he'll say, Dad, do we have time to go someplace? I said, well, where do you want to go? He goes, I want to go to Yankee Candle. You ever been to Yankee Candle at the mall? Now, listen, I'm not saying go there in the spring. Like, Candle smelling like bed sheets or something weird. But like starting in the fall, you know, when they start getting like the apples and the apple cider candles and the pumpkins and all, you know, you start going in there 
and you start smelling, and usually when they bring all that out, they also bring out their, like, Christmas candles. And I've literally, like, like we'll sit in there, we'll, we'll pull off the cap and smell it, and it's so great. You know, I remember when he was younger, he would, he would get one of those candles, and he'd put it up to his nose, and his dad smells like Christmas. And I always thought it's amazing how, how they can take a candle and they can bring those memories back. But here's the thing. If you go to Yankee Candle, there, there's something interesting about those candles. They all smell a little bit different. And a lot of them are different colors and there's different sizes and there's different shapes. There's, there's big ones and little ones and tea lights and all these different shapes, kinds. They all produce a little bit different of a smell. But here's the thing I know about all of them. They really all have one major purpose. They only work in their purpose when they are lit. You see, some of us, we go, well, well listen, I, I'm not the same smell as, as, as Pastor Aaron, or I'm not the same, same, same color as, as this individual or that individual. Therefore, I can't really be used to bring light to the darkness. All of our purposes are the same. We may smell a little different. We may be a different shade. We may be a different type of candle. But all of us have a purpose. And that purpose is to allow the light of Jesus to light our lives. And then no matter what scent we are, no matter what color, shape, or, or type of candle we are, we go and bring light to a dark place. We bring light to a place that's so dark. And I've seen it over and over and over again where people will come to me and they'll say, I can't bring the light of Jesus to people because I'm not the, the right kind of candle. Your purpose is to bring light to a dark place. And here's the thing. Here's what I've learned about Yankee Candle. I could take, you know, we're going to be, we're not doing this, so just, just know that. But we're going to be at Jason's Deli this afternoon. Let's say after Jason's Deli, I say, okay, I'm going to grab 10 random people and I'm going to take you all, we're going to go to Yankee Candle. And I'm going to buy you, I'm not doing this, I'm going to buy you all a Yankee Candle because they're not cheap. You know what I, you know, and I would say, you pick out your favorite smelling candle. Whatever you want. Big, small, no big, whatever you want. You know what would probably happen? I'd have 10 different candles and 10 different scents to buy. I would. I mean, maybe I'd have a couple of the same. But you know what I mean. They'd be different. I love that. I love that your candle is different than mine. Because you know what? God is going to place people in your life who really like the smell of your candle. People that I can't reach, that I would have a hard time communicating with, you're going to light up their world with the light of Jesus like nobody else can. Why? Because God created you from the beginning. He formed you from the beginning. He made you from the beginning. And he said, I need you to be this type of light because one day there's going to be people that I'm going to take you into that are going to smell the light of Jesus and going to see the light that he brings. And it's going to change their lives. 
We don't, shouldn't look at the difference of our candles as a negative. Instead, we should look at it as our creator who understands how all the puzzle pieces work together and allow our piece to be what's used to make a difference in our world. This Christmas, this season, is a season where so many people are looking for the light in their lives and they're looking for it in so many wrong places and our job is to bring that light to them and allow the candle that God has formed us to be to be that mechanism that brings life change to them. But for some of us, we're too busy running out of are after artificial lights, and for some of us, we're too busy making excuses why our light isn't quite good enough. Let's close. Here's the deal. No matter where you are at this morning, maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're going, man, man I, 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 I totally, I don't relate to anything you said except that I know I have a darkness issue. And maybe I've communicated it different or understand it differently, but I just know that there's something that I need that I've been trying to find in other things and other people and other items or whatever. But, but today you go, you know, maybe I should give Jesus a shot. Maybe I should let the creator of the universe who desperately loves me, who desperately desires for me to come home, who made a way for that to take place. Maybe today I'll put away the artificial light and go to the true light and allow him to bring that peace and that joy and that love that can only come from him. Maybe for some of us we did that, but if we're honest with ourselves, we've been gravitating a lot more towards the artificial lights of our life. We walk by Pottery Barn and go, boy, doesn't it look real? But it doesn't produce heat. It really doesn't produce enough light. And really, it doesn't illuminate our way. And we've been a little frustrated and angry and stressed out because we've still kind of been walking a little bit in some darkness. And maybe today... It's time to put away the artificial things and go get the real stuff. Get something that once again fills us with the things that only Jesus can fill us with. And maybe some of us, we've kind of, like in Matthew, we've, in the song we used to sing when we were all little kids, we've put a, a basket over our light. You know, I love that as a child, we learned that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Put it under a basket, oh no, I'm going to let it shine. And I'm going to just, just be honest with you. I truly believe one of the reasons our world is so dark is because so many Christians have put their light under a basket. So many of us have allowed the world's fixes to be enough. Too many of us have been bringers of artificial light to our world, which has just upset and angered people all the more. 
because they're looking at us going, listen, I, I, I found the artificial lights. I need a true light. And we have a responsibility to bring it. We have a responsibility to love people enough to say, here it is. Let this transform your life. So, so many of us, no matter if it's accepting Jesus for the first time or, or getting away from artificial lights or, or being a light bringer to a dark world, so many of us probably need to take some moments this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to help us in these areas. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, just so we can focus, I want to ask you a quick couple of questions and then we're going to close. First, have you really accepted the light? Not some artificial light. You know, not like even like Nicodemus who, who seemed to know a lot about God, but yet God was sitting right in front of him and he didn't necessarily recognize him. You see, one of those artificial lights can be religion. It can be following all the rules, but not really having a relationship with Jesus. And that's what we're invited into. That's what that new life is really all about. Not about perfection, but about forgiveness and allowing God to save us and then cleanse us. It's so important that we understand that. So maybe this morning you would say, Aaron, honestly, that's what I need. I need the true light. I need to accept Jesus. And Scripture makes it very clear how to do that. We're to believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. He'll forgive us when we ask Him for forgiveness. And He'll bring us from darkness into light, from death into life. And all we have to do is ask and proclaim that he is who he said he was and that we believe that in our hearts. For some of us, we've done that, but yet we have been drawn to artificial light. We have allowed artificial light to be what we've tried to use to lead us, guide us, and sustain us. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, it has not been the true light and it has not done the things that we really need Jesus to do in us. And so this morning we can get that right and we can once again focus on the light of Jesus. And the third Maybe we're not bringing our light to a dark place. Maybe we're hiding it under a bushel. Maybe we're allowing the fact that our light doesn't look like some other lights to keep us from being a light in a dark place. Whatever the reasons for not bringing light, those are, those are not so important as understanding that we need to make that change and be that light to those that we come in contact with. Sometimes it is sharing your faith. It's being a witness like we talked about. Sometimes it's just allowing the fruit of the Spirit to be on display in the way that you treat others. Sometimes it's both. 
Sometimes it's other ways. But we're all called to be lights. Maybe that's a change that we need to make. And here's what's great about Jesus. Here's what's great about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings that conviction not to bring shame and not to bring guilt, but to bring correction. You see, that conviction comes because Christ loves us and because he has something so much better than than the way we're living right now. So don't be afraid of God's conviction. Welcome it because it's a sign of Christ's love for us. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so in that discipline, we allow the training to happen, the change to happen, so that we become more like him. So whatever's going on, whatever situation is, will you pray with me? And pray specifically as I pray for you for what area God is speaking to your heart this morning. God, we love you and we thank you. And God, right now, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that have tried different artificial lights or different things, that God, right now, they can accept you. Right now, they can say, you know what, Jesus? I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you did that for me and I accept that love and I accept that that grace. Forgive me and make me new. And God, when we pray that prayer and we meet it in our hearts, God, the, the darkness has to flee because the light has come in. Changed us. For others, we've run to artificial light. God, will you just illuminate the fake lights in our hearts right now? And here's the deal. Sometimes we have some artificial lights that are good things, but they're not the true light. They can be supplementary lights, but can never be and never should replace you. So God, illuminate those. And God, if our hearts and our lives have been somewhat under a basket and we have not been a person that has been open with the light of this season that it's not too late that we can use your help to be that light to be that witness to share our story with those that you place in our heart and lives Father help us whichever we're at wherever we're at help us we know that you will we love you And we thank you. You're so good. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So listen. A couple things. Number one. If you prayed that prayer. You said, you know what? I I really need Jesus. Listen, will you come tell me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come up here and do a jig and do the hokey pokey. I just want to pray with you. I just want to encourage you. If the other things you prayed for those, listen, allow the Holy Spirit to just continue to work in your life, to give you opportunities to be the light and, and opportunities to focus on the light of Jesus during this season, okay? All right. 
awesome. I love you guys. Listen, we're going to have lunch at Jason's Deli. We'd love to have you join us. Have a great week. For those that are online, we love you. We miss you. We hope you see you soon. Merry Christmas.